thought of my own husband and some behavior on my part that has been on autopilot. I really don't want to do that anymore because I don't feel good doing it. The mushroom sort of helps you shake the snow globe. It can be deep, it can be scary, it can be big. It can also be tapping into some of those subtle areas. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. We should eat almonds the whole time. Everybody, we're just going to eat almonds. Check, check, check. Courtney over here. Sounds good. Mm. Talking to your mic. Joan over here. Sounds yeah, good. baby. Rock and roll. Like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how are you feeling right now? I'm good. This morning was like last couple days. Yeah. Coming back. Synapses are firing a little bit. It's been a while since my last psilocybin sacred mushroom experience. Like a big one. I think it was right before Ananda was conceived. That's how long it's been. A year and a half. A year and yeah. plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh. I mean, I guess it's been almost two years. Wow. But was it? I've had so many. Was it here or in Jamaica? In Jamaica. How many grams? That was, I think, three and a half. So I'm pretty sensitive. I've gotten more sensitive, I think, over the years. But I've always been a little sensitive. Thank you for doing an interview. Happy with to be me here today. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Welcome to Psilocybin Says. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are new to Psilocybin Says, I'm Courtney Rose, and today uh, is a little bit unusual of an episode because Eric's not here. He's always been here <laughs> on Psilocybin Says, so this is a really nice, nice change of pace. We are at a five-night retreat with Sanctuary, Sacred Mushroom Church, and I'm here with Joan. Hi. <laughs> hey. Eric's, Eric's here in spirit. Yeah, well, he's just down the hall <laughs> as well. Hall. <laughs> His ears on the door listening in. <laughs> yeah, he's juggling the kids, so. Yeah. Literally, right? It's a nice, yeah, literally. One, on one hip and one on the other. They demand to be juggled. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I have heard nothing about your experience here on this retreat because I've been kind of in and out doing food mm -hmm. and. Yep being with the kids off site. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully hearing a little bit more, um, just whatever you're comfortable sharing. What brought you to the mushrooms? And when was that, that you first decided to commune with mushrooms? And um, how, how did that happen? How'd that shake down? Originally? Or yeah, originally. Yeah, mm -hmm. originally it was... Um, getting some news, some difficult news about my past that triggered uh, the fact that I recognized that I needed some help, that I didn't know what kind of help I needed, but it was a, uh, information that I hadn't had since I was a child, and it was very disturbing. And uh, I felt like Michael Pollan's book was put in my hands almost. I read a review of it and instantly thought, this is something I need to do to help my healing and to help my growth and to help me cope with the, a difficult childhood and, and some additional difficult information that I got in May of 2018. So I took a year to, I guess, get it set up and find it, but I actually signed up pretty quickly. So I had, I had it reserved and went to Jamaica mm -hmm. in April of 2019. Yeah, it was pretty profound had no idea what to expect. I was quite terrified and I was going primarily with a pull to find something else to help me heal and had a sense that this had the power and the potential to be another tool to help me cope in the world with uh, all the difficulties I had from my childhood. Yeah, Michael Pollan's book uh, has been a game changer for so many people, but also for the psychedelic community and the number of people that have uh, become open to 
psilocybin and other psychedelics. Yeah, I can't believe that was 2019. Almost three years and three years in April. Yeah. Wow. You discovered uh, the retreat in Jamaica. Did you sign up immediately when you discovered it or did you kind of think about it for a while or? I just knew that I had to do something. It felt, you know, it felt a little drastic um, in terms of sort of the, the idea of it and but I think Michael Pollan's book and doing some additional research with it was reassuring in terms of the potential that it had to be healing for people with PTSD like me and for the safety of it and for the research. And so it, you know, it was, um, it was kind of instantaneous and I was just so happy to have something that was beyond talk therapy and beyond the meditation I was doing and but yet didn't feel outside of it it wasn't like mm. I was going down a completely different path I was looking mm. to hopefully open some of the the places I was stuck mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of work over a long period of time and just have always I'm not quite been able to feel figure this out but um somebody told me a few weeks ago that I was called to heal because I have a lot to heal and so to me it's like I don't feel like I have a choice about some of this stuff I just I just need to move into a space where I can feel less pain about my history and the habitual patterns that come of it and the um, the ways that it was affecting my behavior and my life and I think I'm reminded this weekend about how much of my life I was on autopilot really wanted to wake that up and shake it up because I was so tired of the way things were going. Mm-hmm. just needed to be in a better, different direction. It's crazy and interesting how we can get on autopilot and become attuned to our responses and reactions to different scenarios and how it can take a really powerful experience sometimes to even realize that we're doing things a certain way and that we can do things a different way. Yep, exactly. That's really true. It, it's been fun to see people this weekend paying attention to that a little more, little bit more. And when the, the idea of autopilot came up several times over the weekend, it was, oh yeah. And this is like shaking the snow globe. I mean, you just picture a snow globe and all the snow is just laying on the ground and that's just kind of sitting there um, doing this in a very profound way shakes the snow globe and puts it in a whole different space so that you can see the habitual patterns more clearly and you're more attuned to them where autopilot is like you it's like the lights are turned off and you're Mm -hmm. just going through the motions Mm -hmm. and I just I think a lot of people do that and don't even and I didn't even know for a lot of my life that I didn't know that I was on autopilot yeah. Coming from my family history was like, you just got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have, you know, very good parenting to help you learn how to be in the world and be safe in the world. So mm-hmm. it locks in some of that those habits because you just need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. So that also makes it difficult to shake the snow globe. Yeah. <laughs> I say that and it's like, oh, we'll just shake the snow globe. Yeah, just, that's <laughs> all you got to do. That's all you got to do. That's I mean, it takes a lot good. of energy. It's like a really heavy snow globe. <laughs> it's like the heaviest really snow globe big ever. snow globe. It takes <laughs> two hands. <laughs> yes. And don't drop it. And a warm-up exercise. <laughs> <And a> warm-up <laughs> exercise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of what autopilot is, is this, it's helpful in a big way because you know it's like using less energy doing something right that's it's like a momentum that we've built up and we can just kind of okay like I've only got so much bandwidth to do things a little bit differently so like I'll do my autopilot thing yeah I think it serves us especially Mm -hmm. when we're kids and that's what you're learning how to do Um, but the thing that's so interesting I was privileged to see it this weekend is to see people tuning into ways that they're on autopilot and recognizing how they got that way mm-hmm. and recognizing that they don't want to be that way any longer. And so it takes a, 
I think it takes a, a lot of courage. And Eric said that to me a number of times this week, and people have said that. That's why I say it's just like, I don't, I just don't feel like I've had a choice. I just feel like I've had to do this because I've been in so unhappy and so, so much pain. And so, and I was so uncomfortable with it. It's like, I just, I have to do something that's going to get me out of this. But hmm. having people recognize aspects of autopilot, like when I talk to my wife this way, I'm resentful. And one of the conversations today was I just said, so what do you think that's going to look like when you get back now that you're more aware of being resentful, that you're going to talk to her about some things? The resentment's not going away. You're aware of it. But being aware of it, it means maybe you can shift it into a different space. Mm -hmm. But it's practice. And so, yeah, I think it was. it's just been interesting because in many ways people were just waking up to their autopilot mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah I like that you bring up noticing other people's experience and them noticing like you noticing them noticing and so I'm curious for you how has that impacted your experience like seeing other people just take this autopilot example was that helpful for you in recognizing your own patterns that's a really good question yeah I th and I think Autopilot's kind of a, can be a subtle thing. I think all of us, at least, you know, observing folks this weekend was, I think everybody's had a good sense of being on autopilot to a greater or lesser degree. It just raised that up to me in a couple different ways, I think, that autopilot is not as significant an aspect to me as much as it used to be. Mm. But it's still there. It's It can be so subtle. So that talking to somebody from the weekend about it and just saying you know what about that resistance and I thought of my own husband and some behavior on my part that I've just been has been on autopilot like mm -hmm. last week mm -hmm. so it's I think it's a really complex and pervasive part of my issues at any rate that um and then my my thinking was I really don't want to do that anymore because I don't feel good doing it and I'm just being a grumpy, you know, complaining in my head mm -hmm. and behaving in a certain way and it's just like I'm kind of I'm tired of that. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to do that. But the mushroom has just been a way to open those doors. The mushroom sort of helps you shake the snow globe. It's a really while it can be profound, it can be deep, it can be scary, it can be big, it can also be tapping into some of those subtle areas that on a day-to-day -day basis you don't always pay attention to because you're just mm -hmm. doing stuff yeah and I think I think it's part of what folks pay attention to as we're debriefing our psilocybin um, our psilocybin trips just to say yeah I see this in me or I see this in you and so we talk about our stuff but then folks in the group will just hold up a mirror and say well this is what it feels like and this is what it looks like mm -hmm. and this is what I'm seeing and so there's a way that that group consciousness I mm -hmm. guess I could say of the process becomes a conversation that everybody's helping everybody heal it's really a collective and I think that's what is sacred about the mushroom and sacred about the space is that there's a there's an openness and everybody's essentially there for the same reason I think mm -hmm. you could break them down and say well my reasons this or my reasons that but at the end of the day we want to be happier we want to be more connected in the world and we want to be less have less struggle and have um, connection to each other in a deeper lasting way I think that becomes a really profound aspect to the conversations and the effect that the mushroom has on all of us what comes to mind for me when you say that is all the people that I've spoken with over the years who are interested in communing with the mushroom uh, but they want to do it alone because they're really afraid of the group experience and what might happen they might make a fool out of themselves they might get judged they might you know all these worries 
that are very normal uh, for a lot of people to have. Uh, and it's funny trying to explain to someone how, you know, ironically, like you have this fear of being in a group and exposing, being vulnerable to the group, which is understandable. And at the same time, it's, it's that experience that can heal your fear of being you in a group. <laughs> like you have to, you know, go through it and be, allow yourself to be supported and seen in a safe space to come out on the other side and feel like you can be yourself around people. Right. It's really interesting to think about it in the way that that by itself is healing. Mm. I hadn't thought of that before in terms of, I mean, when I first went to Jamaica, I was, I was terrified beyond, beyond belief. And I think you remember that a little bit. Mm. And, um, mm. the, uh, and I was on autopilot a lot there because I was so scared. So it was just mm-hmm. like shifting into, you know, sort of that fear-based behavior place yeah. and just feeling like, okay, I don't really know what I'm doing here except I know I have to be here and so I'm going to be here and so I'm going to do the, you know, just sort mm-hmm. of chitter chatter um, and nervousness. And I ended up with hives at the end of the week and um, just out of pure nerves. So, um, yeah, I bought a lot of hydrocortisone cream for people in Jamaica. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yes, so much. <laughs> and uh, what's that calamine lotion? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was like funny. constant trips to the store. Yeah. We ended up keeping some oh. <laughs> in the back, <laughs> like ready. Yeah, and, and looking back, I mean, I really didn't realize then. I just thought it was the heat and right. in which it, it was sometimes. Right. And, you know, mosquito bites, of course. Right. But... Until you set, until you brought that up the other day when we first got on retreat, that your hives were emotionally related, I thought, of course. <laughs> How did I not think of that before? I know. All those people having hives and such a like emotionally vulnerable experience. Of so course. I wasn't the only one. No, I mean it was constant. It was at least one person every retreat. <laughs> so. I've never had them before or since. It's like. And it, it's just the ones that were on my lips were really annoying. It's like, whoa. Yeah. So no hives this weekend. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's good. It was, it's interesting because um, Eric brought this up. Or I brought it up and he, he pointed it out as a good thing to remember. And it was, it was good for me to remember too, because the processing that happens while, you know, immediately after, even in the weeks after is important. But I think there have been beneficial effects of the mushroom from Jamaica for since I was there in probably very subtle and some mostly smaller ways but still I think I didn't expect that to continue forth but as I I think about the the effects of the mushroom and the depth of um uh, the depth of well, the, the depth that you go into, the depth that I went into on various trips was like so much was pointed out to me. That's like you can't process that in a week or two or a month, and mm-hmm. it's actually better to, you know, process immediately for me anyway. Process what is there right there, but then to just pay attention to it as time goes on mm-hmm. and see what else surfaces. Yeah, there's a reason people say it's like 20 years of therapy one day. <laughs> yeah. Because it is yeah. like 20 years of yeah. <laughs> processing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unraveling what in the heck just happened here. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about the experience itself if you're open to sure. it. So you just had your snow globe shaken <laughs> twice <laughs> in the past uh, four days, three days. So you just had your second communion yesterday. Mm -hmm. So you're fresh (laughs) out of it. Like you just said, your synapses, your synapses have just started firing again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what, like right now where you're at, how was your experience say yesterday? Just let's take yesterday versus um, how was that compared to in Jamaica? What were the differences and similarities? Yeah, I think I'll take it a little bit, stepping back even a little bit more if that's okay. Because mm-hmm. yesterday was really very unique. Sure. Uh, uh, and so it was just one gram. 
And so Jamaica was, I had uh, higher doses and I had a very clear intention at the, on the first one to, to look at some anger. I was just mm-hmm. feeling like anger was really driving my bus and I was really tired of it and wanted to just, and lots of, you know, how many things to get angry about, lots and lots of them. And so that was my first trip in Jamaica and that was, that really shook the ground the second one was not as profound. And the second one I came to terms with something that still is still unraveling with me. And I remember saying a couple of things. One of them was, I really need to own who I am. That has actually interesting as we're talking came into play this weekend because Shane said to me, uh, I said something, he said, you know, something kind. And I just said, well, yeah. And he goes, he said, well, I, I kind of don't believe that you, what you just said. And I looked at him and I went, you're right, in my head. I'm going, mm-hmm. because I didn't really want to own the compliment. And I would rather pass it off or make a joke of it or just not even go there. I, and I don't even know why. It was just a, hmm. a natural thing. Because I, I don't think I'm all that. I didn't think I'm all that. I just, you know, I was raised with really bad negative vibes about who I am. So to have somebody call that forth is like, oh, well, no. you know. So he said, I don't believe that you really believe that right I don't believe that's true okay so he called me out on something and he was right it it wasn't really true and I wasn't really being authentic what what did you say I didn't say anything but I took it into the mushroom trip with me which is you know a half an hour later and so um when he said that it registered on some level and midway through the trip I just went why am I working so hard to deflect who I really am Hmm. why am I off uh putting off any compliment or putting off anything that recognizes who I am and what I'm doing and what I'm doing here, Mm -hmm. you know, compliment or not just, it was just uncomfortable for me. And so owning me meant I had to kind of figure out, well, who is me and what does that mean? And it's still something that this weekend, even it's like, Oh, someone paid me a compliment and I'm sitting back going, not in an ostentatious way or in a way that's obnoxious, but I, I do do that pretty well. And I'm glad that they said that. And I'm owning who I am because I like that part of myself. And I like that I can do that. And I like that what is, what's the result is, it's helping this person, you know, with whatever they're struggling with. Because I saw something that they didn't and no one else did. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And it's like, three years ago in Jamaica, I would like, no, discounted yeah. it. Find put it, a put negative it down. thing to say. Absolutely. To, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm don't have anything to bring to the party. I'm just, you know, and that's the message I got all my childhood. It's like I don't have anything to offer and what am I doing here? And it's just negative, negative. Mm. So turning that on its head, starting in Jamaica, started to play itself out this weekend quite a bit actually. Mm. And um it also folded into my job and my career a little bit in the last few years in a way that I just settled into it. And my job was better, my life was better, I was happier, and I was bringing more of myself to every interaction. I hadn't really put that in words before, so I hope it made sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it made sense to me. I'm, well, um, what is it that you do? Um, I'm a retired, I just retired last year, just before the pandemic, but my job was to work with lawyers and help them with business development and marketing and strategic planning. Okay. But it was a lot of coaching, so it was a lot of listening and a lot of mm-hmm. paying attention and a lot of asking questions and a lot of holding up the mirror, just saying, well, what you just said didn't connect with what you said a few minutes ago. So explain to me how that works. And that came into play some this weekend. But that, to me, has been a natural part of my career in the last three, four, five years. And it evolved to the place where I was very comfortable with it. And it was going really well. I think it was just making a difference in a way that was helpful to me and helpful to the people I worked with. So. Mm, working with attorneys. <laughs> My parents are attorneys. Really? You know, attorneys have the the highest rate of suicide. Right. Amongst uh, yeah. yeah the workforce. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> it really is. So it is important work <laughs> to be <laughs> yep. listening right. to attorneys. <laughs> right. Like in a very personal way. Right. They need it. They do, and they <clears throat> it's like in, in a lot of companies or people who have a level of power within a company or with their clients, 
I can't really talk to anybody mm-hmm. who can listen and really gets it on a level. And I've worked with them for, I worked with them for 25 years. So I knew their environment mm-hmm. and I knew their situation. And it was just a way to bring some empathy and understanding and listening and also uh, direction and, you know, poking them to, to try to step up to whatever they needed to do for themselves and their clients. Mm-hmm. So... Wow, and it's been a year since yeah. you retired. So yeah, that's has that been a big shift for you? Well, like reti- <laughs> <laughs> retiring in a pandemic is like I don't know. Retiring and you know, it's just like nowhere to go, nothing to do. Is you're yeah. not really planning your life after retirement until after the pandemic. So right, um, yeah. So, so retirement's on standstill. It's a little bit, of <laughs> yeah. It's starting to come around a little bit as as the pen, as things loosen up, and you know we're able to move around and not be quite so constricted and so so scared and worried all the time. So yeah, it's been it's been a year of transition in a lots and lots of different ways. Yeah. So, so okay. So getting back to your experience. So you mentioned in Jamaica having that kind of echo in your head. In right. your uh, experience with the mushroom, what right. Shane said, shout out Shane Moss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a great uh, <laughs> trip sitter. He, he was great. He was so great. Um, so what else do you remember about the experience itself? I I think the that... That in, that's in Jamaica in a nutshell, and mm-hmm. then the the year, few years of processing that, and sort of appreciating what I learned, and and paying attention in a way that uh, was really helpful for me in terms of growing and dealing with my stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the trips this weekend were quite different. And the first one, um, Eric had the idea to use a meditation to set the stage set do the setting um the set the set for the the trip and so Mm -hmm. I had one in particular that I wanted to use and it was um it was good and it was a meditation that I've been using lately that I really like so I listened to that once or twice and before the mushrooms kicked in and um the meditation was about how we know our emotions cognitively and intellectually so that you can say I'm sad and mm-hmm. you know you're sad or I'm you know I'm really distressed or I'm really distracted and so the point of the meditation is to say t- all right so what are you feeling right now sit be quiet relax and pay attention to that and once you know what the emotion is then sink into your body and feel it mm. so it's going from it's I mean literally going from IQ to EQ. It's going from you know intelligently mm. saying I know this is sadness to, well, what does sadness feel like? Well, I don't want to put words on sadness. Meditation is sink into it, relax, and feel the sadness. Mm. And then he would say, "Don't think you're in your heads now. I know you are. Mm-hmm. Don't think. Sink into the sadness. Relax. Relax the subtle." Uh, tension that you have. He was talking about subtle tension because I was relaxed. Oh, there's a little bit in my leg or there's a little bit in my foot or my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so it was coaxing the listener to sink into feeling it. So that was the set for my my trip and wow yeah it's a great meditation to go into a mushroom experience with. It's so good and it took me way down deep into the depths of some things that I knew about my past but hadn't really felt them Mm -hmm. and there were dark things and there were difficult things and there were painful things that I really didn't did not want to go there and yet I've gone through a lot of I've gone through a lot of difficult feelings and gone with it but these were these were a couple of things that went took me there in a greater depth it just was deep and dark and uh, I don't really have the best words to put on it now that I can do mm-hmm. that succinctly. Yeah. But I came out of it after a little while and wanted to be, um, wanted to put myself in a cradle and just sort of relax. And I had other people here that I could still hear were struggling. I wanted to put us, I wanted, I wanted to prep to protect us all from mm-hmm. the things that we were struggling with trying to come to grips with and how, mm. how difficult that is when you really sink into what that really felt like. Mm-hmm. And as a little girl, 
mushroom is a sacred mushroom because it literally took me to that place to feel what I would have felt as a little girl. I didn't like it very much, actually, because mm-hmm. it was very hard and it was, I didn't want to go there. I really didn't want to go there. But it took me there and it was good. And I, I came out of it, I want to say two thirds of the way through it. And I just got jokey and silly and funny and finished mm-hmm. all the serious stuff. And then I, then I found some comic relief mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was conducting a stand-up routine in Las Vegas and so oh. <laughs> cracking jokes and this, uh, this yeah. was w- within your own self or actually to the group well to or, my imagined group okay because <laughs> I still was in the throes of just coming down a little bit on the, yeah. on the mushroom trip okay. and um, I, I desperately needed that comic relief and mm-hmm. those of us who've had a lot of dark history as kids and the PTSD that just envelops you Joking is is comic relief, and it's mm-hmm. literally relief from all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was saying things like, people would pay a lot of money for these jokes. They're really funny. Uh, I have no <laughs> idea if they were funny, but I was I was really having fun. Yeah. And it was a, so great to be lifted out of the darkness that I was put into. And so what the mushrooms showed me was that that was something that was unfinished business and that the belief is that when you feel those emotions to that degree and you really feel them and don't just label them as being that was hard or that was painful or Mm -hmm. that was unconscionable in any in any world that um, when you feel those emotions and the rest of the meditation is to just be with the emotion you're not trying to get rid of it Mm -hmm. you're not trying to manipulate it in any way but the message was, if you just be with those emotions mm-hmm. and let them be, like someone, like a good friend sitting next to you and and saying to yourself, which I did, say, I want to be with you. I want to be with this, me- this emotion, mm-hmm. even though it's not a comfortable emotion. And even though most of my life, I fought to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm saying, no, I'm not going to fight this anymore. I'm going to embrace it and invite it in. And I'm just going to sit with that emotion. Mm. And that means you have the opportunity to transform that emotion Mm -hmm. into something more positive. Yeah. Am I making sense? Definitely. I feel like I'm going on and on. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, it's perfect. Um, I love this. I was thinking about the metaphor of a riptide and how that's the number one way to let a riptide take you away is by Mm -hmm. fighting it and trying to get rid of it. Right. Whereas if you just go with it and, you know, kind of let it take you, it will eventually bring you back to shore. Yep. Yeah. Easier said than done. (laughs) That's a great analogy, though. That's a really sweet analogy. I like that. Because all of this, we started the weekend. I was just talking about how, you know, we're all just want to be happy. We don't want to suffer. And we all just want to go back home where we feel safe and we feel cared for. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what we did this weekend was as simple as that meditation, which is just bearing witness, just being there with it and just being there with each other with no answers, no solutions, but listening, really, really listening with your heart Mm -hmm. and listening with profound acceptance, which is something all of us need more of. Mm -hmm. And that listening and that environment is an invitation to join the conversation more fully because people feel safe and they feel that invitation and they see other people do it and they hear other people doing it. Mm -hmm. And as the weekend unfolds, this happened in Jamaica too, people start to reveal things about themselves that are so profound that they, you, you can't, do it all at once sitting at the beginning so there's a conversation a little while later and then something else gets revealed another little conversation something else gets revealed Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh now we start to get this the full picture of where these traumas are and what what these people are struggling with Mm -hmm. yeah you would never guess like looking at someone what really goes on in their day-to-day life right so this retreat space is really really special it really is. It's just, and the the space that you and Eric and Athena and 
um, Tristan, oh my goodness. It's just, and I knew that in Jamaica. And so I had less, way less trepidation coming, but people had the same fear that I had in Jamaica. And so Mm. there was one of the participants yesterday who just was, had this incredible fight going on about, he didn't want to go there. He didn't want to go there. But what's, was so beautiful about it he did and he did it on his own volition nobody was encouraging him to do anything mm-hmm. except do what he needed to do and that's the message the entire weekend is I don't and I was saying to Eric after one of the trips I go I don't know what to do right now <laughs> I literally he yeah. goes well do whatever you think you need to do <laughs> that's not the answer I wanted Eric. <laughs> tell me, what tell to, me to go sit down over here or something <laughs> But that's the that's the tenor of the whole weekend, and mm-hmm. um, as people became a part of that, and you know, didn't resist their own resistance, or they resisted it less. Let's put it that way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just moved <laughs> into that space that that made for a more meaningful time spent and more meaningful conversations mm-hmm. within themselves and with everybody else. Yeah. So yesterday I had one mushroom or one uh, gram, gram mm-hmm. and that was my day off. Okay. It was perfect because I accomplished and I worked through so much on that first one. I needed a mellow, sweet day and I had it. And that was, mm. I really liked the contrast between the two because one gram was uh, just a delightful, calm, kind of sweet day and allowed me the time to recover from the one yeah. I leave a couple days ago yeah so that, that balance be turned out really well nice yeah yeah R- relaxing and having a sweet time can be very productive right as well <laughs> yeah yeah it was mm. physically exhausting and so I physically needed that that time to just to regroup a little bit and mm-hmm. that helped me yesterday so where were you yesterday like where did you spend most of your time well the highlight was um we grabbed a bunch of blankets mm-hmm. and pillows and went outside mm-hmm. um, on the on the grass outside. And I was I told uh, somebody I was just being very bossy. And I just said, I really want to go outside, but I don't want to talk a lot. Yeah. And I don't want to talk really loudly. And so we can talk. We just kind of whisper. That doesn't sound very bossy, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but I was just so you know, I was hinting that. I don't yeah. want you to come unless you're, you're yeah. up for the rules because those just felt right. like my rules. Those are the rules. It's like, be quiet. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then um, the other reason I wanted that is there's there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of deep conversation and there's a lot of analysis and there's and that's the way it has to be. But I needed a break from that. Yeah. And I've, you know, t- we were, everybody, most people talk a little bit about religion and their beliefs and so on. And my church is nature. My church is mm-hmm. outside. So when I out there yesterday, anyway, I needed the reverence of that time and space to watch the birds and the sun and the and just be and not. But I said the other thing we could do is giggle, and said giggles and laughing <laughs> are okay, but no yeah, talking. But the moment you no start having words come out, if you talk, you have to whisper and not say very much, <laughs> and then we'll all be good. Yeah, <laughs> it was fabulous there were just three of us um and i'm i'm actually glad we didn't have you know everybody down there because it would have been harder to have a quiet time of it yeah so and the three of us who were down there it suited us the three of us really well Mm. i think we all uh liked it there's a i can't pronounce it but there's a japanese word for being in nature as a healing place Mm -hmm. the translation is forest bathing yeah where did i I heard this term recently yeah it's just a Japanese word, and that, that's the translation. But I have to laugh because one of the fellows who was outside with us came back in. I said this morning, I said, how'd you do? He'd go, well, I slept really well. He said, I had a, a little bath, and that helped a lot. And I went, oh, you had a forest bath, right? It's <laughs> translating. It's like, why are you telling me you had a bath? <laughs> but it's like forest bathing. Oh, yeah, totally agree with that. You know how when you can be outside and you just that – outdoor stuff just can make you sleep well because it's mm-hmm. so soothing and it's been very healing for me so that's one of the did that with one gram and it was kind of sweet 
So yeah. it's pretty courageous to venture outside. It's like 30 degrees here for those of you Our listening. butts were a little cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we have blankets and pillows and actually it was a little warmer yesterday. Okay. And so even the, even the breeze was a little warm and the sun was on us a good part of the time. So, yeah. I like how you brought up, well, that meditation that you started off with. And I mean, that's so like, so perfect for going into the mushroom space. Yeah. And how much, I mean, we could all use that meditation alone every day. (laughs) I mean, our culture is so used to avoiding sensations and feelings and kind of turning to something else to distract ourselves, whether it's TV or alcohol or food or our phone or whatever it is. It's a big healing um, act to just feel uh, these days. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to know how to do that. I mean, the, because I've listened to, I listened to it several times before coming here and it, it wasn't like I was using it just for big emotions or, you know, big dark emotions. I was just using it in the morning for, he was the, in the meditation, he was saying, if you feel distressed or distracted and the pandemic for me was so much distraction, right? Like daily kind of ADD, HDAD, whatever all those acronyms are. <laughs> to, it's like, I just had to keep moving because it was so stressful just to be stuck all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to sit with wherever you are in that moment, it wasn't a huge therapeutic, let's dig deep and find something dark and sinister in there or something hugely beautiful. It was just, where are you now? Mm-hmm. And what are you feeling now? And just be with that. Just be with that. And just pay attention. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a 15-minute meditation. But I found that when I did that, that would be the way that I'd start my day was very calming. And yet it wasn't a, let's have a calming meditation. Mm-hmm. It was calming just to sit and not be distracted by distraction itself, right? Yeah. I so. mean, it's, I mean, you know what it's like I mean, with, with kids running around, like my nervous system has gotten very acclimated to, okay, do that. Now do that. Now do that. Now do that. If you rest, then, I mean, you could probably be doing something <laughs> right now. Yep to you know help the kids or help the house or get work done or whatever so um this is helpful for me hearing this just reminding myself it's okay to go to the bathroom and not (laughs) like be thinking about what do I need to do next like just be in the bathroom (laughs) just just be with the door closed I don't need to be always thinking 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 that doing, is doing, so doing. hard as a mom. That's just really, really hard because you're always on call and always alert for where the kids are and what they're doing. How old are your kids? He's 30. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so. What, is he, what does he think of you being here? He's happy for me. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, he was happy for me in Jamaica. I told him when I got back and um, he's happy that I'm doing things to help heal. He knows a little bit about everything but not all of it so mm-hmm. yeah he's a, he's a good supporter mm. and you know it's like um I, I think the thing that just I like being a bit of a role model because he's unafraid to go get therapy he's unafraid to talk about difficult feelings he's unafraid to talk about being depressed or and he's very open with it which I've always tried to do but it's really fun mm-hmm. as a 30 year old to hear him managing his life using some of those tools yeah yeah it's really cool it's really cool well congratulations (laughs) to you for having a 30 year old that's that self-reflective and open that says a lot about yeah you you. and how you've been with him he's very lucky Look at you accepting compliments. Look at me own that. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of like owning it. It's like I can own it without being, you know, boastful or, you know, whatever, feeling snooty or whatever. There's a weird translation that happens and I have no idea what it's about, but it's not helpful (laughs) in the old days. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was listening and I've been trying to think of 
I'm just letting it go now, but I was just listening to something, one of the many things to listen to. It was on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was an authentic relating. Have you heard of this? Authentic relating activities or authentic relating games where you practice just basically noticing feelings and mm. it's particularly or it's specifically about noticing feelings when connecting with other people so you can play these games with other people uh-huh. where you basically say like okay like here's how I'm feeling and then the other person says okay when you say that I notice that I feel this and then you just go back and forth mm-hmm. until you start to feel more comfortable connecting with people mm. in in one of these videos it was talking about Uh, strangers and how we have this we're trained culturally to be afraid of strangers and like don't talk to strangers and Mm -hmm. that can really get in the way of us connecting with people Mm -hmm. um, down the road and just being comfortable connecting with ourselves and connecting with anybody around us and so we can we have this ability to practice yeah, it's, I think the pandemic and masks have kind of shifted dynamics in terms of communication and connecting with people. It's harder. And um, it makes me think about going to the grocery store and just feeling like I want to connect with people. So I try a little harder Yeah, to make conversation and to be super friendly because everybody's working so hard. Yeah. But just to go back to you talking about being a mom and doing all the stuff and you know trying to be present and all that we were talking earlier this weekend about um someone who's here and their struggle with whatever they're struggling with and I I just noticed when she was talking that she's a doer and I get that it's like I'm a doer too it's like this the stuff growing up was just being on autopilot and doing stuff because you have to do stuff and you have Mm -hmm. to whatever water you have to carry to feel like you're going to be okay in the world. You just do it, right? You just do it. And so I, at one point I just said, I wonder if you're really good at doing, but you're not very good at being. I didn't want to s- overstep my bounds, and I, I didn't mm-hmm. want to – I was wanted to be careful with that. And then I just sort of let it sit, and she goes, that's exactly right. But that's changing over the weekend. Mm. That's changed since we first started she's tuned into some things in ways that I think are going to be really helpful for her in the long run. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a really common struggle is to worry, not worry, but work at doing stuff because we can do stuff and that's actually safer than being with ourselves. And it's, I had a therapist years ago and she said, you know, what's it like you with you? When you think of that, Mm -hmm. when you think of whatever it was I was just talking about. So, what is it with you with you mm-hmm. you know be you with you yeah and yeah what's that like I know <laughs> and it's like you stop and go I don't really know in that moment right but when you come back to it it's a way to help being help being present mm-hmm. it's like where are you in this moment with you mm. and so I always thought that was something really helpful mm. wow What's it like being with you right now? You with you. Are you asking me? I'm asking you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so you get some time to think about because I'm about to ask you that. Um, okay. Me with me right now. That's It's interesting because it's, um, it's good. I'm happy that I came out of this, the, medi- the um, psilocybin, the first trip, on a comfortable note. And so that's taking me through yesterday and today. And so I'm feeling me with me good. And I like to tap into the silly part that got sassy at the end of the, um, I was telling Eric to get the heck out of here. And just, I asked another guy because I hadn't, you know, we hadn't eaten or done anything except drink water all day. And I was just Mm. so drained and I looked over it. So one guy said, I'll pay you a thousand dollars to brush my teeth. (laughs) And so, so we're just, I was just having fun. And so that has been pervasive and prevailed after being on the mushroom, going from this deep, deep, incredibly, incredible space of transformation, because I think that's where it's going to go, but I don't know quite yet. 
how mm-hmm. it's going to go or where it's going to go. But I kind of like riding the wave because um, it was ultimately good stuff, even though it was hard. Mm-hmm. So I like tapping into the sassy part and the fun part and the playful part because um, I miss that part. I don't do enough of that. Mm-hmm. And this is a really good environment to play. Mm. So that's part of what we were okay. down on the grass giggling. And um, it's like I leaned over. So I'll give you five bucks for that giggle. That was worth it. <laughs> so I'm going to have to take out another job here because I owe people a lot of money for stuff. <laughs> Hey, yeah, well, we'll take your application. I want to apply to Sanctuary. Um, so how is it you with you, if I'm not putting you on the spot too much? Um, hmm. How is me with me peaceful? When I really feel myself, I feel like everything is in order, as it should be. Nice. Yeah. Which has been more of a feeling in the last month or so as we've been getting more comfortable with sanctuary, doing Sunday services and talking a lot about the big scheme of things <laughs> and and the oneness. And, you know, the more that we talk about it and feel it and keep coming back to it. Like I've never had that in my life where I keep coming back to consistently like every week a conversation about that we're all connected and finding all the reasons why so it's really starting to sink in with me in a way that never has before Hmm. um which I didn't I don't know I didn't really expect that when we started sanctuary I Mm -hmm. just thought community and mushrooms and healing and love and support and just going to go towards that. But I've really been feeling this pervasive connection with like trusting just this Hmm. more automatic trusting that Hmm. like when I have a hard day that there's going to be, there's a reason for it. Like it's, it's not just like suffering. It's like, this is for a good reason. Like there's something better on the other side of this mm-hmm. hard day. Yeah. Feeling myself as a part of whatever you want to call it. God, mm-hmm. the all, mm-hmm. the universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like doing this interview with you, I was nervous because I haven't done one. I haven't done an interview by myself. And ah. so I started to get nervous and then <laughs> I felt like, wait, there's no reason for that. Like, I mean, it's, it's okay to be nervous, but just automatically this thing kicked in that was like, you're taken care of You're all the right things for you to say will be said and they'll just come right out. Yeah. So like a trust, that's what it's like me being with me. Cool. <laughs> I like it. I like the Sunday cool. services. I thought, I think they do a really nice job in a, sh- and I can't always stay for the conversation, but um, the meditation and the essence of the messages are, are, I find myself Sundays looking forward to them. Mm. And I think they're really, a really sweet, um, light touch and easy way to feel a connection for that little period of time. I think it's really sweet. So I, mm. I can see how that's, nice. cause it's, it's, sort of settling in with me that way too it's like oh i'm gonna look forward to this sunday morning because i that half hour is really great and the conversations are also good but that half hour i just it's like it's like a dial down and it's it's a feel good half hour for sure awesome yeah that's good to hear so that's something that's different than when you had a mushroom experience in jamaica so like how is that do you think that's impacted your experience here at this retreat, having the Sunday services with the community, a little bit of coaching? There's been that coaching program that we do. I think because it was good to get familiar with what the philosophy is around sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And my main reason for tuning in at the beginning was to get get more engaged with the messages and the, with sanctuary as like, who are you guys mm-hmm. and what is this and you know how does this align with coming here for the retreat I mean I know you I know you and Eric and so I have that but you know what's the message that's that you that is part of this and that you are 
promoting as part of sanctuary and where does that fit in the scheme of what fits for me and what mm-hmm. what what I'm expecting from coming here and what I'm ex- what I'm seeing in terms of who sanctuary is and what they're bringing to the community that they're supporting. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I would have a reaction if it was something that wasn't that was off mm-hmm. for me. I'm yeah. just speaking for my own stuff. It's like, is this a little bit too much this or not enough that? And mm-hmm. and it's short and sweet enough that, and I want to say neutral enough because I, I'm i not going to go to a church that's going to say a lot about Jesus and God and really a religious, purely mm-hmm. religious aspect. But I have very deep beliefs about um, a lot of things that are aligned with those beliefs. So mm-hmm. there, there's a lot about the religion piece that's not doesn't work for me. Yeah. So, but I didn't expect that it would, again, because I know you and, and Eric, and I sort of figured it would be something along these lines, so it was good. Non-dogmatic. Yeah, non, non-ritual non and non, uh, yeah, lots of, there's, there's a long conversation there, but that's yeah. not for today. <laughs> <laughs> that's part two. <laughs> that's part two. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. We're at an hour, so I guess we can kind of get to wrapping this up thank you for sharing all that you shared with me and those listening today it's really helpful and we get so much positive feedback when we have someone on psilocybin says Mm -hmm. that sharing their experience especially when it's so fresh Uh, I think the last time we did this it was Stephen if you recall Stephen on the Sunday services but okay yeah yeah um he did a podcast with Eric on the last retreat so okay Yep. This is nice to have your perspective and which is so unique and powerful and really helpful for people to hear about. We always ask at the end of the episode, what does psilocybin say to you? <laughs> psilocybin could say anything <laughs> to you. What would psilocybin say? What does psilocybin say to you? Oh, that's so funny because <laughs> sometimes when Eric and, you know, Eric especially, and maybe you as well, he talks about psilocybin as it's like a living being, being like a being, like a thing. And so I thought, well, let's have let's have a little drawing class, and everybody can draw their <laughs> their image of if psilocybin was personified. What would yeah. psilocybin look like? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, wow. So that's picturing... kind of a twist. I mean, I don't know what would it look like. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody that's in one of the, their trip had little mushroom people running around. So I don't know. That's uh, that's sort of where they went with it. Um, psilocybin says uh, healing to me and as in a very big like if healing was you know big letters like two foot high letters for that word it's just like neon healing hmm. and when I look at my experience and I look at what's happening this weekend it's it's all about healing hmm. and I don't know if that's my lens because that's, uh, you know, when we talked about purpose, it's just like, I, I, I have to heal because I'm no good to anybody in the world unless I'm heal, healing and finding the best part of me to bring forward. And so, um, and so as I think of the people who are here, there was healing across the board in various degrees, in various ways that is started as a result of this weekend and will continue f- to help them heal going forward, including me. Mm. beautiful well yeah. that's an interesting healing. question yeah that's a good one what does psilocybin yeah. say to you oh um so much um the main thing that psilocybin says to me is just be that's what it's saying to me right now we have a relationship, so it says lots of things to me. Ah. <laughs> it's just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just be. So it's good. Nice. Yeah. And I really liked your um, metaphor of coming from the dark to the light as well as we've gone through the coaching program and you've brought that up. That's really beautiful. And it's really nice to see you here in person and feeling relaxed and like just I feel you and that feels really great so thanks for being you likewise thank (laughs) you for having me and thank you for the setting the stage for um, all of us to feel 
the safety and the comfort to do the work that we needed to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. And the beating of the drum. <laughs>